magic is all around and you just have to believe. Hello, my name is Zoya Peters and I am your host for Fruitful Fridays, the original podcast where we talk about natural nutrition, spirituality, mindset, health, and success, diving into the adventures of our guests and their fruits of life and where they are at now. We must never stop dreaming. Dreams provide nourishment for the soul, just as a meal does for the body. Hello, my name is Zoya Peters and I am your host for Fruitful Fridays. Today on episode nine, we have our lovely guest. She's a wild spirit, free and full of life and life has really taken her on a path and a journey but she's come out on top and stronger than ever before. We welcome my guest, Maria Edwards. Hi, Zoya. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really glad to be here on your podcast and so happy that we can reconnect through this platform. Yes, for sure. And thank you for joining the podcast today. It's definitely a great way to reconnect, I think, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree, Zoya. So sweet to hear your voice, really. (laughs) So, Muriel, why don't you tell us all um, about life? Just wow. before we dive into more about your perspective. What a question. Uh, life. Yeah. Um, you know, I could talk for hours and I'm sure you could too. Um, you know, life, life is wild. Life is crazy. And uh, I kind of see it like... I really like the Hawaiian um, proverb where they say uh, life is like a wave and you have to ride it. So it's unpredictable, It's uh, sometimes it's crazy, it takes different currents, but as long as you've got a surfboard and you're on top of your game, you know what, ride the wave and, and that's how it goes. <laughs> that's a wonderful thing too. I didn't know it was Hawaiian. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hawaiians, uh, I think, have a lot of wisdom to share, and uh, the aloha spirit is is very strong. Mm, yeah, that island life. It's always so peaceful going to the island. Oh, wow. I really hope that uh, you do get the opportunity to go, you know, hopefully soon. We'll see how that goes, but um, Hawaii is a very magical place, truly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, tell us more about, um, well, you went through the tough times of life. And I want to know, I know you went through Italy and you traveled, you travel a lot, but I wanted to know what brought you to traveling and Italy? Well, um, I, it's a long story. I ended up leaving when I was 19 years old from Montreal. Uh, decided I wanted to see my own country, traveled across the country, and then just kind of vagabonded from there. Three years later, ended up in Australia somehow. And then um, from there, met this beautiful, uh, wise man. He, I call him my guide from time to time. And um, we actually recently got married. And so he's Italian. And uh, so I've been back and forth with Italy. And uh, I guess it'll be part of my life from now on. Italian uh, blood and Italian heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations on that. And you said he's Italian? You met in Australia? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, what a turn of events, right? You, I guess when you travel, it's just part of 
the whole trip you meet people from all over the world you make crazy connections and I've always been a traveler I always will be so having um, I guess half of my family now in Italy is uh, is definitely something that um, that I'm very excited about that's very beautiful and you know what when I was thinking about your story and how I saw you progress in life I'm like, wow, her life really re um, reminds me of the book Eat, Pray, Love. Oh, wow, that's so funny you say that. Uh, I've actually had this book mentioned to me so many times in the past few weeks. Um, so I guess this is just a sign that um, instead of just seeing the movie, I should actually read the book too. <laughs> it's a seriously good book, definitely a good read. I'll get to that. If you haven't, uh, if you want to share your copy, I'm free to, you know, to to read it and uh, and give it back to you yeah for sure i got a french copy though <laughs> oh that's okay c'est la vie, <laughs> ouais, la vie. <laughs> so on your trip what would you say was the biggest learning experience or epiphany wow um that's a very hard question to answer um do you mean uh in my trip in australia when i started like what exactly do you mean by that because that's just before you settled okay. down okay um well when i left traveling when i was 19 um i was very lost very frustrated i actually thought that i would never come back to montreal it was like in my head it was goodbye my family goodbye everybody i know this is it this is um i'm not going back from here i'm just going forward um and it wasn't necessarily running away i, I guess it was just at the end of the day what we're all looking for we're all looking to kind of reconnect with ourselves so the biggest learning um my biggest lesson traveling i guess would just be to um to stay authentic and It always kind of comes back to that. And then the other biggest lesson is, even though we enjoy extremes and, you know, um, I'm actually undiagnosed with ADHD. And so I really enjoyed your podcast with Tiffany um, and just finding that balance and just staying centered and true to yourself. Mm, definitely. I'm glad you listened to it. Like I, I thought like really that podcast in general would help a lot of people that are bouncing and don't really know why you know yes <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's um definitely it was a great great podcast uh, i was actually just listening to it before i hopped on tell us more about your um your story what made you want to leave in the first place why were you frustrated wow thank you for asking that um I think, you know, um, it was a huge accumulation, um, you know, the having a full glass, the way we, we speak about that. It's really an accumulation of a lot of things that I've lived throughout my life and then how I've had difficulty managing that, too. So, you know, I've been through so much. I've been through my um, moving around almost every year throughout my whole life. So... At 20 years old, I moved like 19 or 20 times and then my parents getting divorced and then my brother getting cancer twice, almost dying, getting surgery on my birthday. And then, um, you know, I went to a deep depression and suicidal thoughts and then eating disorders and then changed schools and then, 
you know, it was just like such an accumulation of things and then kind of reflecting that to your environment, which is only natural. So, you know, just walking in the street, seeing the children's hospital and just remembering that and just being frustrated overall by life's events and just wanting, I guess, to maybe not run away, but, you know, go towards something that would, um, that would feel safe. I think I was looking Mm. for safety. Mm, That makes sense. Like a fresh start. Exactly. A fresh start, a place where, you know, you have a different perspective. You can be whoever you are. Nobody knows you in a certain specific way, whether it's your family or friends, you you're free, you feel free. Right. Wow, that's a very rough time being raised like like with all those circumstances and, and times like that's a lot to live, live in and grow in. And, and how did you get over all that uh, emotion and uh, those those events? Well, we're all constantly learning, right? Constantly growing. And um, it's been a long process. I think, honestly, just traveling and spending a lot of time with myself and in nature and just being very conscious and aware of myself and my thoughts, my emotions, how I react is um, really something that's that's been uh, really helpful and probably permitted me to advance much faster and doing that during your travels as I said just permits you to have that freedom of being whoever you are and introducing yourself to strangers in any way that you want and I think that allows you also flexibility within yourself so flexibility to forgive yourself to grow and to become who you want to be Mm, yeah definitely I can definitely see that like that's like I would suggest for everybody to go travel <laughs> before they settle yes. down on anything. Definitely. And you know what? Sometimes it's even within your bedroom. You don't have to go that far. It's just the perspective, opening yourself to that and being creative. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And especially in these times, like just an Airbnb up north or something. <laughs> just change Definitely. Thing. Yeah. Or just a walk <laughs> in the forest, dip your toes in the earth, like do something out of the norm and open yourself to those new horizons. Yeah. Yeah. Change of perspective is everything. But how Definitely. did you begin? How did you begin your, your um, development, like looking back on yourself and knowing where to heal? Wow. Um. You know what? It's it's funny you say that. I actually was seeing a psychotherapist. Uh, when I met you at FACE in high school, I actually was seeing a psychotherapist every week. And it really took me a time to open up to her. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, you sit down with someone every week and they expect for you to share your life. But, you know, it's it's already hard to feel safe with yourself. So how are you supposed to be safe with others? And at that point... Um, I think it's really when I, it's with, it's with yourself. I was, you know, I quit school. It wasn't working out. Um, and that's part of the ADHD thing. Just not being able to stay organized on top of your things. Everything is kind of messy. And then, you know, going through all of those episodes and moments in life. And then I quit school. I worked in a bar. I made lots of money. And then I just kind of realized one day, like, wow, I'm surrounded by people who just drink and try to forget, whereas I'm, I want to do the opposite. I want to 
like dive in. I want to just jump deep within myself and, you know, understand like my environment and feel good. And so at that point, I just started being more aware, more conscious. I started um, having a better diet, making my own food and smoothies. Um, so, you know, I was on the go behind the bar, but I was drinking like super greens. And, um, and then I started filtering people out of my life because people can also be toxic and realizing the impact. And then from there, I just decided, you know what? I give myself excuses for so many things and that's one of the things that blocks me the most. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give myself one excuse for each thing that I'm not doing that I really want to do. And one of those things was traveling. So I gave myself one excuse and my one excuse was I want to be alone, but I don't want to leave Montreal alone. I want to have some sort of companionship. And so the moment that was gone, I jumped on the opportunity and I gave myself that for everything that I wanted to do in my life. Wow. That's an amazing jump. Like that is the leap of faith right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't trust yourself, who are you supposed to trust at the end of the day? You know, you're your own, um, you're your own God, I, I believe. Right. And it takes a great courage to do that. And that's a great perspective to have. Thank you. And you know what? I truly believe at the end of the day, fear and courage are best friends. They're intertwined and sometimes one leads to the other. And it's sometimes hard to even tell them apart. Facing your fear or being courageous. Is that the same thing? Mm, that's a very well brought up point. And that's <laughs> definitely something that people don't really think about because they know that fear isn't uh, courage is in the absence of fear they know that but they just don't understand like that now, that's a great perspective thank you yeah I think it's also you know um, as I was speaking about in the beginning just finding that balance so mm. what's the difference between love and hate what's the difference between courage and fear I don't honestly see a difference I think that it's all kind of intertwined and is just finding your place within that and being authentic with yourself right perspective i like it it's like it reminds me of the whole yin and yang because right it's, right it's both ends but one would not be without the other quite exactly just like just like anything really so just you know finding your place within the space yeah mm, cool now what do you think about uh the core purpose and meaning of truly living wow um I think it comes back to the same thing, just being authentic. You know what? Um, like, for the, for example, okay, I just started a new job. Um, I It's very fast-paced. It's a professional environment. And I, I'm a spontaneous person. I thrive in having fun. And I can be just very spontaneous from one moment to the next. And why not be authentic to myself? Like, why not take a phone call, you know, upside down on the floor while I'm doing a yoga pose? Why not? If that's how I feel good. Why not just make the professional environment a fun place to be? Why not interact and, you know, just be true to how I feel or who I am? Why not take a break and go walk outside? Why not 
you know, it's just about at the end of the day, uh, being the master of your own life. And it just starts with doing it really just giving it a shot. Right. That's really cool. That's really funny. I love the analogy of like, take the phone call upside down. And you go <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> And so now I know our listeners definitely know your spirit and are well-spirited too, just as much as I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all have about you always... spirit, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And have you always been so spirited? Oh, definitely. I'm actually still hearing stories. Um, I guess it happens when you become an adult. Your parents kind of come back with stories of when you were little that you don't remember. And... <laughs> You know, it kind of, it doesn't surprise you. You you just kind of tell yourself, wow, that's so me. And I keep hearing these stories, uh, like one recently from my father, for example, where, you know, I would just uh, run away and he would find me in like some underground bar in New York walking the runway. Like, who, what five-year-old kid does that? Me. <laughs> and... Yeah, it's just, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's reconnecting also with that childish self, because that's who you are at the core. And before you, um, you were like educated in in a square room, and, you know, had your your structure and your parenthood and stuff. Um, you are you and you need to be able to also move within that space and just kind of like, reconnect with your childish self because that's how life is fun and that's how at the end of the day you you feel good and happy and little things like a flower blooming can amaze you so give yourself that gift and just you know reconnect to that mm, that's a really beautiful point like that child within I find a lot of adults they, they forget the child they used to be they forget how to have fun exactly very important <laughs> Of course it is. And that's why we love as adults being around kids. That's why we enjoy, you know, sometimes just these little things, because at the end of the day, it makes us happy, too. It's, you know, it's just so fundamental and it's silly and just giggling and laughing and doing these little things sometimes makes your day or even your week. So why not? Oh, yeah, definitely had moments like that for sure and I'm curious now your um spirit uh nurturing your spirit would you say that was the same thing as like uh, accepting this child within definitely I I think a big part of the spirit is that child um and I think that child itself is it I mean I'm a very spiritual person and you know there's People have different beliefs and different perspectives and different ways of, of approaching this. But I think that the spirit itself is definitely um, found in your childish self. So your child is so free, so liberated. There's no limits. There's It's just you and the world and all the opportunities. And that's your your spirit and if it's not your spirit at least it's your inner flame you know it's that like drive and that curiosity and what makes life exciting and 
I, I feel like once you, you get in touch with that inner flame, you ignite your spirit. So maybe it's not the spirit itself. Maybe it's more like the catalyst, but it's definitely igniting that within. Mm, that's really cool. And it gives really good direction. A lot of um, motivational speakers, I find that they talk about this motivation, this flame, this fire that you have to ignite. But they, I, I feel from my experience of listening to them that they can't seem to explain that element of that catalyst, right? They, they don't really know how to hold it, but your, your description right there, I would say actually really did it. Yeah, thank you. And I, I kind of agree. I mean... And that's part of also what I learned in traveling, right? It's the funnest part, honestly, is the journey. You know, it's getting there. So it's kind of the same thing with connecting with your spirit. It's not actually being in it. Once you're in it, you're you. It's getting there. So it's like igniting that and like, you know, lighting the fire, which is like exciting. And that's why kids love lighting fire. It's okay. It's fun to look at fire and you could be hypnotized for hours, but igniting it is the funnest part, right? So it's, Mm. it's actually having that, like nothing to igniting feeling of like, Ooh, okay. You know, I can, I can do this. I have that power. Mm -hmm. That's, That's funny and really cool. Do you think that fire is ever like being that fire is ever attainable or is there always more fire to be? Wow, that's such a good question. I believe a lot in elements. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of different elements. And then that's also based on your personal uh, culture beliefs. Um, but if you look at like natural elements, um, you know, there's fire, air, water, earth, they all coincide, they all work together. And um, we have different ways of feeling this. So maybe some people will feel that fire within in a more fluid, soft, sweet environment. And maybe that'll be represented as maybe another element like water. And maybe that flowy feeling of just feeling like, you know, life is flowing through you and you're flowing into your path and everything is going well and you feel like motivated and carried. That's another way of feeling your fire. So I think at the end of the day, it's it's really unique. And that's where, you know, I've done a lot of my work and I I hopefully will be able to to help others too, is to really just get in touch with your way of feeling that. Hmm. I really like that perspective. Now you're saying to help others too in it. Now, what's on your project horizon? Oh Lord, I think that's part of being ADHD. I have like a long list. So I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to keep it down. I'm trying to simplify it. And um before I jump into any of that, I have some uh some mentorship to do. So I have some I need to have my own mentors and have my own guides because all of this I've done on my own. And, you know, I think it's very important, um, especially right now, there's a lot of, you know, coaches and whether you're a life coach or a guide or um, whatever label you put on yourself. If you, if your foundation is not solid, if your foundation is not strong, 
you won't be able to help people properly. And that that is just so important. I mean, there's, unfortunately, uh, I know some people that have been guided wrongly. And at the end of the day, I really want to be able to, to have this solid foundation where I can truly help others. For the moment, I'm in contact with a few people. It's more just, you know, having that practice and communication and even just having friends uh, in a similar environment where we can share. And But I'll definitely be going through um, some certifications and training before I get into this. But I definitely have a project of, one, um, my husband and I are talking about doing a food blog um and differently so you know just bringing that yeah fire into your kitchen like if you're gonna cook indian why not put some music why not have some fun why not use your leftovers what's wrong with that and then uh number two hopefully being able to have a safe space um i really like to focus on work with women but i won't close my doors um to the male energy so just being able to right now show up as a friend and then in the near future once i feel i'm properly trained to be able to hold a safe space for anyone who needs it that's really cool i like those ideas and the concept of safe space like therapist or coach direction um let's say both (laughs) okay okay I think they actually go hand in hand um and that's all about going to the same uh perspective that I hold of being balanced I think being a coach um you're not maybe acting as a therapist you're giving you know you're offering guidance However, at the end of the day, people are going through emotional, professional relationship issues, and you're still guiding them throughout that journey, whether it being physical or emotional or spiritual. So I think they kind of go hand in hand. So the training I'm, I'm willing to do that I want to do that I'm, that I'm looking into right now is um, being able to bring those two together because I think that they coincide. That's pretty cool really good way to see things because that that I believe that they do coincide very much so too so yeah um about your your past and the way you've gone through all that harshness uh, and difference that adversity um how, do you think that your past and shadows have awakened or darkened your mind and heart both <laughs> I think we we all go through you know, dark episodes or hit rock bottom. And for me, it was many times. And honestly, it's it's hitting that bottom that permits you to wake up. And sometimes it's important. And usually it's in those moments in life where we truly are what we want, who we are, or what's around us. It's, it's crazy how an event or a feeling of feeling crumbled or destroyed or, you know, just forgotten or whatnot can lead to something so positive. And so I think it's really just working with it and treating everything like a learning journey. Everything happens for a reason and everything that you've been through Everything that has happened to you has happened for a reason. And that reason is for you to be a better person. Mm. 
I like that. Very nice. And uh, what are your thoughts on spirituality, awakening, and ascension? Those are like the hot (laughs) topics of the spiritual healer's realm. I'm like, "Mm, let's see. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Definitely. I mean, there's that's pretty big. Um, I have been really interested in Native American culture. I have a lot of in Native what? Native American culture. Native American, cool. Yeah, uh, you know, being in Canada and honestly, kind of felt like I belonged in. Muriel, uh, you, you sound a bit far. There you go. You're back. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> So, um, spirituality, well, I've always been really interested in Native American culture. Um, I think that there's a lot of truth and simplicity in their approach, and I share similar beliefs. Um, Mother Nature, Pachamama, Gaia, however you want to call her, um, the universe, God, um, she's so powerful. I call her a she. I tend to call nature and the moon under the feminine and then the sun and other elements like fire masculine. Um, But I definitely in the spiritual realm um, definitely feel like it doesn't really matter uh, what you call it, how you feel it or how you use it in everyday life. It's just important to, to have it. It's important to believe dot just to believe and to not be afraid to ask, to manifest, to hope, to pray. It's, it comes down to simple things. It's, it's very simple. It comes down to just we're human. And the only thing stronger than fear is hope. And as long as you believe, I mean, you'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about native American, um, which one? Because I know there are a few tribes and they all have their own kind of perspective. Definitely. Definitely. That is a very good point. And then every tribe has like their own legends and traditions. So even within the same family, it can be like completely different. You have different names and, um, you know, they even have hierarchies. It's actually very political um, in the Native American world, surprisingly. And um Montreal uh, used to be Mohawk land and the Mohawks were fierce warriors. They were quite wild. Um, Even just by the general knowledge of having a Mohawk, you can easily imagine uh, Native Americans, you know, nomads riding across. I think they would go all the way down to like Georgia by horse. They, they were, they were great. Yeah. They were unstoppable. They had huge territory, um definitely very wild very fierce and I feel like I hold a lot that warrior spirit within me um but I don't I wouldn't specify it I think I would keep it um the the tribal approach I think maybe is more appropriate because uh you know and having been in Australia having been um We had the opportunity with my husband to go to the North Cape York Peninsula of Australia, where there's the oldest tribes in the world. So we were in a village with about five different tribes that date back to at least 30,000 years ago. And that was just a very um, 
very cultural and immersive experience. And I think it just comes down to um, the biggest learning and spiritual tools that I've learned from tribesmen or tribeswomen is patience. That's beautiful. Patience is a beautiful thing. I think it's like one of the most important of virtues. Uh, what do they say? It's a virtue. Yeah. Yeah. Up in school yeah. with them saying that it's a virtue. You must keep this. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like it's it's one thing that humans are not very good at. Like whether it's me or you or as a whole throughout our history, patience is difficult because it plays with that fire that we just talked about, you know, where sometimes right. we're spontaneous. Sometimes our ego drives us. Sometimes we want to jump on opportunities and, but patience is so yeah. fruitful. Yeah, actually um, there's this one philosopher, I believe has said that uh, when you're bored, it's actually a good thing. That's where you get the most creativity. The most inventions come out of boredom. I love that. I love that because um, one, I don't like the word bored. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just the way that we use it. Um, but you're always active in a way or another. Even if you're meditating, sitting down, lying down for an hour long, you're still mm -hmm. doing something. Like you're still there. And being bored uh, to me represents maybe more of a numbing feeling, um, but you're completely right. It's in those moments where you kind of just let go and just like, just, you know, be in the moment where it comes to you. And that could also be perceived as honestly just being patient. Hmm. I'm very curious. What, why do you think that is in your perspective, obviously? Um, I guess because usually uh, people who say they're bored um, will be either like waiting for something. So I don't know, I'm waiting in line. So I'm waiting and not doing anything and I'm bored. Um, and it's in that moment where maybe, I don't know, I'll actually take the time to look around and realize, oh, you know, there's a little old woman in front of me what a sweetheart and oh I didn't realize avocados were on special and you actually start by being bored I think being more perceptive to your environment because you're just being that's it that's so sweet <laughs> avocados <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> avocados are like one of the most special fruit I've ever tasted I know it's it's not very sustainable, but God, I love avocados. Thank you, life, for avocados. <laughs> so tell us more about your um, uh, adventure that you're planning with your husband on cooking. Yes. Um, well, that's been quite a wild ride. Um, I've had my own journey with that. So I've been through the different phases of being vegan, vegetarian, hunting my own meat once, and then mm -hmm. uh, being moderate. And then like I had friends with crudiva, so eating just raw foods. And wow, there's so many things you can do with food. And then when it comes back to it, I actually started this whole journey 
with food and you are what you eat and it's amazing how not just you know in how delicious it is but even with our emotions uh and it's something we all do and it's an easy way to connect and through my travels i've just realized you know what the only time that people from different countries who don't speak the same language can get together and understand each other is around a table and so hopefully we can bring this uh vibe and approach to our food blog um it's something we're work- we're working on we're talking about it trying to plan it out and uh but it's something we do hope to bring for 2022 and we we'd like to have this approach so to bring like a cultural aspect to it and also to bring like the responsible aspect to it a lot of these food blogs i find are complicated i just want to make cookies i don't want to read your 20 minute long resume of how to make them you know <laughs> yes completely <laughs> <laughs> okay patience is key but it I could have already done my cookies and <laughs> you know so keeping it simple and most of these recipes or food blogs have ingredients that I don't even have at home I don't want to go to the grocery store go out of my way and spend more money getting the ingredients to make the cookies than actually buying cookies with so you know it just comes back down to that is like what do you have in your fridge what do you have at home like mm-hmm. what can you do with that how can you get creative how can you bring an ambiance to your kitchen how can you make that a place where you have fun and you can actually be aware of like oh my apples are going bad and having the natural thought of maybe I'll squirt a little lemon on it and freeze it for my smoothie you know mm-hmm. it's just like easy little things and hopefully we can bring that through to a blog and I'm really looking for like also an interactive environment where you know people can share their authentic recipes, people can give us advice. We're not here telling you what you should or should not be doing. We're all here together. We all eat every day. We all cook and hopefully we can share that through a platform. Mm, that's wonderful. That's a very good idea. I like the idea of like using what is about to go bad, you know, and well, making yeah. something better out of it. Of course, definitely. It's something we're all talking about. How do we be more sustainable? How do we not waste food? And it starts with your own fridge. <laughs> mhm, definitely. Cuz there's so much food that goes to waste cuz nobody knows what to do with it. They're like, "Oh, exactly. well, it's not edible anymore." You know, like <laughs> And it's getting creative with that, right? Like it's it's amazing what you can do. And I think that also helps traveling you know we sometimes we would go fishing and we would have a little campfire and like my beautiful italian man would gather rocks and make a oven and like roast fish on rocks on a fire and it's just the creativity of it is amazing and you can do anything in the kitchen so like why not bring that fun and creativity in the kitchen and you know enjoy the experience not just of eating but of cooking yeah those experiences sound amazing and i definitely want to elaborate on that but before we go there i want to ask you out of all of the your uh your adventures in different types of eating styles which one was best for you very good question um that's something that i was very confused about for a while 
I've tried many different, like, let's say diets or um, ways of eating. And at the end of the day, I realized all I need to do is listen to my body. My body is a messenger. My body tells me what is going on. And if I just listen to it and tune in, it knows exactly what I need. And this is crazy because it happened just recently. I was in Italy and we were walking uh, on the volcano and there was this man there who um, is a mycologist and also a nutritionist with a big background in natural medicine, Ayurveda, etc. And so we were just talking and, um, and he just kind of told me like, oh, you have iron deficiency. And I told him, that's so funny you say that. I've had cravings for for so many foods recently such as lentils he's like well lentils are full of iron and he says do you like red berries I said they're my favorite and he said well you should be eating more of them so you know at the end of the day it's nice to have an expert tell you this but your body knows what it needs and if you can just tune in and listen to your body I think that most people would be healthy Mm, that's a very good point very good point because I find not enough attention is placed on that full people in their busy lifestyles how are disconnected very very disconnected definitely and going on diets and going against your own body I don't know I don't believe in that okay you're maybe you're trying to lose weight maybe but you have to especially when you eat you have to enjoy it and Maybe you can like find alternatives or find a way to do it differently and try new things. That's that's a whole other story. But you should always enjoy your physical experience because that's where we feel pleasure. That's where our senses are like ignited. Like food can even make us aroused. Like it's happened to me. Like I've had goosebumps eating food and... Mm-hmm. You know, going on these diets and restricting, restricting, restricting yourself, I don't think is is beneficial. I think that, you know, you should just find ways to maybe enjoy your food in a different way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I completely agree. And now for the big question about your your um, adventure in food and stuff. You said you went hunting for your own meat. Tell us more about that. <laughs> I was wondering if you would bring that up. Uh, yeah, wow, that was that was a. So um, the second time that I crossed Canada, I was uh, with my ex and uh, two of his friends from Spain, and we were picking wild morel mushrooms in the Yukon, so in uh, the territory near Alaska and Canada. And um, we, so it was a very wild lifestyle, completely wild, right? I, like, it got to a point where I could smell the difference in the air between diesel and gasoline. Like, I was, like, so attuned with living in the forest for two months. And at one point, we were kind of, uh, we were, like, 500 kilometers from the closest town. And we drove down and stopped near a river. And I saw this this wild quail just walk out of my tent and I had this like instinct this like animalistic instinct and I don't know why I just went into hunting mode and it was actually like 
pretty silly if you think about it. It felt very serious in the moment, but I literally started throwing rocks at a wild chicken. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I I really I was almost in a frenzy, like in a trance, and I was very animalistic. And I it like flew up into the tree because quails can kind of fly up to tree level. And I was throwing rocks at this wild chicken, and then it fell down and like rolled into the river. My ex kind of took it like gave it to me and I snapped its neck and in that moment I could feel the lifeless quail in my hand and that's where like I kind of snapped out of my frenzy and just realized that I had just ended life and you know it's a very honestly um, I had become a vegetarian because I thought it was hypocritical for me to eat meat and not have the decency to uh, hunt and be comfortable with killing an animal and that's the reason I, I went vegetarian so at that moment um, I had been vegetarian and I kind of like went into this crazy frenzy and killed an animal and then um, we were with someone who had been a mounted guide and a hunting guide so she told us exactly what to do once we uh, you know, uh, pulled out her organs and all of that, um, we had just a little bit of meat. And that's when I heard little chicks squealing. And wow, that was very difficult to hear, um, to realize that this animal that I had like threw, thrown rocks at and killed was a mother. And I guess the whole experience um, just kind of brings you back to the reality of what meat is. And it was very important for me to live that because right now I do eat meat and I do eat uh, dairy products like cheese. It's very hard for me to cut from cheese. Um, but now I know what meat is. And I think it's important to maybe not to go through the journey, but to be maybe an environment that's more related to animals this way to understand what it is because I mean everything is moderation but really going through that and having that connection with the animal um, is something that's that's very special um, at the end of the day yeah right wow that's an amazing experience like I mean amazing like not so good not bad either but that's <laughs> crazy yeah yeah and hunting is crazy I mean it's it's not something that should be treated lightly so is eating meat and I just hope that um you know uh we'll have the decency to 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 relate to animals in a different way um especially uh meat eaters I hope that they'll you know maybe we'll have different uh a different education system where we'll actually be educated on hunting or um, gardening and understand where our food comes from right I think that's a very important like the home econ home economics class that was like in junior high was honestly the best class I in school it taught so much yeah I think that's amazing I think that most schools should have these types of programs and uh, reconnect us with uh, with who we are and what we eat <laughs> I agree completely. And uh, for other experiences, like um, hunting the fish and making ovens, like 
That's special. What was your most memorable food experience uh, close to nature? Oh, wow. Um, it was actually, uh, it, of, it was all in Australia. I mean, I, no, okay, also once in California, I kind of ended up eating a wild rattlesnake um, out of the blue. So that was, that was pretty wild, too. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of wild adventures. Um, but definitely in Australia, we were camping near a swamp. And uh, it's full of crocs there, full of crocodiles. And so, yeah, why not just, you know, camp in the croc land? And we were camping there full of mosquitoes and mozzies. They call it it's like sand flies. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, and so we were just uh, sitting around the fire and had a few vegetables that we were grilling. And these Australians with Italian heritage just kind of jumped off their boat they were a little bit drunk and just kind of like, Hey mate, how's it going? Started talking to us and they were going crab fishing and they gave us a mud crab, which is like this huge, like the biggest crab I've ever seen, which is, I don't know. The, the best way to describe it is like, you know, the size of your rib cage, it's around that size. And he just like gave us this crab and we had this little pot and we were trying to boil this crab on a fi- on a camping stove and literally had like my Alessio, my husband, was holding the pot. I was holding the, the top of it because this crab was so strong. He was tipping over everything. And that <laughs> was like such a crazy experience. And wow. Like, and do you know how we cooked it? We literally took the water from the swamp. And that's what the Australians told us to do. We're like, how do we cook this? You know, like, what do we do with this crazy, huge crab? And he said, take the water from the swamp, take the salt water, put it in, boil it. When it's, when it's red, it's ready. That's it. And that wow. was one of the most delicious food in my life I've ever had. <laughs> wow, that's insane. <laughs> What an adventure. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my. Okay, so we're coming near the end, but I do want to ask this question. Like, you mentioned it, the rattlesnake. I need to know more. (laughs) The rattlesnake. What another story. I'm full of stories. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The rattlesnake. The rattlesnake. um, I was... I was living in a in an independent community, like an eco-responsible community uh, south of San Francisco in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And um, they're like, of course, timing, right? Life is all about timing. Um, so the owner uh, was this woman and it was the one day her son was visiting. And that one day he was visiting, um, I was kind of walking out and uh, my friend who was also living in the community was on the phone and she was talking and then she just went dead silent for a little while. And I was just kind of walking by and I was like, that's odd. And then I heard her talk on the phone like, I think there's a rattlesnake under me. And I was like, Chelsea, like, are you okay? And she and I could hear it like, like it felt so close. And I was like, whoa. And, you know, like, that's when, like, your human instincts come in and you're like, I'm in danger. And it ended up being under her um, because she was on a balcony. So it was under the balcony. um, 
and it was huge it was huge and uh they're very dangerous and uh unfortunately the son ended up uh taking its life it was actually very impressive he shot it like right in the neck like point on and uh so i actually learned how to um give thanks dismember take off the skin of a snake and that was a crazy experience it lasted like four or five hours we were exhausted after this sna- the snake is all muscle so you actually have to hold it one person had to hold the upper part one person had to hold the lower part and that's with the head off and it just swirls and turns and wow what a crazy experience like like eating like going through hunting the snake and eating it is is really insane like it keeps moving for hours and you we ended up drying the skin and making beautiful um memories out of it and then marinating and eating it the next day and it was probably one of the most delicious meats I've ever had. It was a mix of like um, a nice like mix of chicken and fish, just very light and tasty and soft. Wow, that's surreal. Extremely surreal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment. No, no, not not with me. That's for sure. <laughs> life has definitely had really cool stories for you and wow memories to say for years I bet definitely and I'd love to uh, informally off this uh, podcast hopefully reconnect with you so we can we can share all these stories we've had over the last few years I'm sure we'll we'll have lots of fun oh yes definitely for (laughs) sure (laughs) especially now that you're back in Quebec Yes, uh, definitely it makes it a lot easier. And apparently, I have to eat, eat pray, I have to read, uh, eat, pray, love. So that's that's on my my things to do now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, Muriel. It was such a wonderful, surreal conversation. I really enjoyed it. Your stories are so fascinating and in depth. Like, wow, definitely wild, free spirit, like to the thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Zoya you know I really love how you've captured um, my essence and uh, it was such a great conversation and I love your podcast I'm really excited to see uh, what you're going to be doing next and uh, yeah I just really enjoyed this and thank you a million times <laughs> thank you so much it was wonderful <laughs> all right well that's it for today we'll talk soon So that concludes today's episode of Fruitful Fridays. And you can always keep up to date until the next episode at our Instagram handle at Enerzealus or at our website at www.enerzealus.com. That is www.enerzealous.com. It was nice having you join our podcast episode today and we'll see you on the next one.